just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Wednesday. This is an extra podcast and also an extra special podcast because, as we so often do, we have Ed with us today to offer a little different perspective from a different part of the country, from uh, a different age group. So the two of us old guys now will hash it out with some of the crazy bullshit that's going on right now. And it sounds like, Ed, you've got some bees in your bonnet. And the bonnet looks damn nice. I can see him here on Zoom now, and he can see me yeah, now isn't on that Zoom. cool? Yeah, yeah that's a beautiful. I, I, I would have thought you'd saved it for Easter, but uh, you are a fancy man. There is no question about it. <laughs> it's true. And that those the fall arrangement, I think, is, is really nice, yeah, don't yeah. you? It's ador- you know, fucking adorable. I'll trade it out when spring comes. But at any rate, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, the thing that's in the bee in my bonnet is I, I brought up Katie Porter a, a while back and her uh, kind of expose with her whiteboard of how um, there's a whole lot of price going, gouging going on. About 54% of, quote, inflation is nothing but corporate price gouging. And that's oil companies, that's food companies, that's everything. Because if one does it, then the others go, hey, we can do it too. Yeah. So uh, you go to your grocery store, the eggs that were a dollar and something, uh, you know, last year, now they're $2.50 or something. You know, there's, a, there's a big price increase in food across the way and for guys like you and me um we're uh i'm not going to say we're rich we're not but it's an it's an annoyance it's an annoyance to us we're not going to starve you know we'll be able to eat put food on the table but you know it, it takes a little more of our income maybe we won't go see that movie or maybe we won't take that trip right away because you know well, the prices of food and gas are going up. So, but, but, but for people on on real fixed incomes and poor people, this is a big deal. Yeah, and I, you know, I want I want to throw it out there. I've been in that position where you're watching every penny, and you have to decide: Do I pay this bill or that bill this month? How do I juggle this? How do I juggle that? That's not lost on me. I've experienced it through various portions of my life. I feel fortunate now where I am. Uh, not rich, but comfortable, and that's all I need to be. But there are a lot of young people out there that are struggling. I've been in that spot, and uh, it's it, it's a scary situation. Let me ask you this. The, the, the midterms are imminent, less than right. a week away. How much do you think this price gouging, and frankly, that's what it is, is price gouging, how much of it is big corporations trying to manipulate the upcoming uh, – election trying to make the current administration look bad over and above their just normal fucking greed to a certain extent that that's probably a motivation but i think it's very much secondary i think they're just very much because of the way companies are structured now and uh the way uh, the way um uh, prices are done and so forth i think it's simply get as much as you can as often as you can 
And if it affects the politics of it, great. But mainly it's just greed. Well, you know, I've, I've made this comparison before of the dog eating his food. And there are some dogs, you keep pouring food in there, they'll keep eating it, even if they're not hungry. And they'll keep eating it and eating it until they explode or die because they're just stuffed. So as much as those dogs are greedy, they're going to self-destruct by because of their greed. And I, I, I've said the same thing about rich, rich people and corporations. They're going to keep taking from the middle class and taking from the middle class until there's no more middle class and now they have no one to take from. They, they, they not are, they're not only pushing the demise of the middle class, but they're also pursuing their own fucking demise. It's, it's, it's that problematic, and, and, and fucking greed will always take you down no matter who you are. Well, that's the thing of it, right? And if you go back, I mean, there's always history to look back at. And if you go back to the early part of the 20th century with, uh, you know, you went from the Gilded Age into the, the early uh, the Roaring Twenties and all of that, and everything was going crazy. The stock market was hot. Most of it, just like in the Bush recession, a lot of it was based on nothing but paper. There's no real value there. And when the, the chickens came home to roost, the entire thing came tumbling down. That can happen again, and that—that's almost—and uh, that—that actually was a good thing, and that it shook things up. I mean, it wasn't good for the people living through that, not at all, especially like my relatives. But uh, it did bring in the Roosevelt administration, and they were poised to to spread out the income more, and uh, basically created. Uh, the middle class at that point there really hadn't one been one before that there'd been a merchant class an upper class and the worker class that's right. all there was right but uh, then you had manufacturing jobs that paid enough so that people could buy houses the wife could stay home and raise the kids and so forth there was enough tax money to pay for schools and roads and all that and we're talking the 1950s and into the 60s. This was a golden age for America. I was lucky enough to live through it. You caught the tail end of it. Right. But uh, it was a special time. And if we could get back to that, everybody would be happy. But, um, you know, the Republicans, Democrats do too, of course. They they pay people to sit around and think all what think up all ways to um, lots of ways to get their way right right and uh, these are not stupid people these are they're not necessarily moral but uh, they come up with all of these ways and one of the things they look at is what is the maximum wage you can pay somebody before they get involved in politics that's actually a thing right you know. And in the 70s, they took a look at that and they said, well, well, we're paying these people way too much. You know, we've got to, what can we do? I know we'll take all these jobs and send them to China, Mexico, wherever we can send them. We only, we only have to pay pennies on the dollar. We'll take a bit of a hit when we first make this transition. But ultimately, um, we're going to we're going to be great and we're going to keep we're also going to put the people down. Don't they'll have to work two jobs or whatever. They won't have time to be involved in politics then. And then we got it. You know, I try to break things down into simple terms so I can understand things because I'm a pretty simple guy. This midterm election is a uh, a turning point for everybody, for Republicans, yep. for Democrats. 
I honestly believe once the midterms are over and we see how it turned out and who won, it's going to change a lot of things for the better or for the worse. I think that's going to be the case. And I think if the Republicans lose this midterms, they're done as a party. They're going to have to step back, rid themselves of Donald Trump, try to get the stink off them, and try to rehabilitate their image if they hope to be involved in any future elections. So with that in mind, I I don't understand, is it arrogance, is it just stupidity, but the idea of coming up to such an important election, overturning Roe v. Wade, trying to suppress, openly suppress votes, to marginalize the LGBTQ AI, if I got that right. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're going after them, telling us that they're going to take our Medicare and Social Security. None of those things make any sense going into an election. None of those things are going to gain them votes. Is it arrogance or stupidity that they are saying the quiet things out loud coming up to the midterms? A little bit of both, mostly arrogance, I think. And and I think the very real, um, since they own the media, yeah, the, the, the very real uh, um, assurance that that's not going to get out to the people. Okay, there was nothing they could do about Roe v. Wade, right? I mean, they set it up, the Federalist Society and, and others, you know, got the... Uh, uh, the, the appointments they needed, and they'd been promising people this for 50 years, essentially. So once they got the numbers, I'm not even sure then. I don't think Roberts was for it, but I think, uh, you know, the other conservatives on the court, uh, I think he wanted to go much lower. He wanted to, you know, like a, a so many weeks ban or something like that. But uh, the others said, no, that's why we're here. And because they're partisan hacks who knew why they were put there, they went ahead and did it. You know, it, it used it was like, you know, the, <clears throat> the the dog catching the car. What does the dog do with it if he does? Right. right well, in right. a sense, that's what happened. Now, I think the timing was so that the outrage would die down. Um, and, and you have to realize, too, Republican women to a certain extent, a lot of them, evangelicals and so forth, are just fine with outlawing abortion. Right. They're so, just fine with it. But the, you know, but it's the, not every woman who's against it. But there's 70% of the country that supports Roe v. Wade, so there's not enough to make a difference uh, that support banning abortion. That That's that's what I don't get. I, I sense this is a... Um, uh, illustration of just how desperate they are. I mean, when you get somebody like a Donald Trump or a Republican or a Trump fuck, and they're desperate, they start flailing. They start making mistakes. They start doing stupid stuff. They will do anything because they can't believe they're losing. And I feel like the Republicans are doing this. Um, and, and, and I think it's gonna it's gonna fucking kill them in the end. It it can't well, help. We hope so. We hope so. We uh, hope we so. hope it's a mistake. Yeah, but you know, I, I I think the media tends to mislead us. They want this to be a battle of the titans. They want it to be a close fight. So that's the way they sell it. 
whether that's true or not. I mean, they're talking about, well, the Republicans are getting back here and the polls say this and the polls say that. But what they don't talk about is all these states that are having record amounts of people voting, which is positive for the Democrats. That doesn't come into play in their polling. The fact that young people are probably going to come out in mass because the overturning of Roe v. Wade affects them, not you and me. That doesn't come up in the polls. I have a feeling that uh, the way it's going to turn out is that the Democrats will have a blue wave, if not a blue tsunami. And uh, once again, the uh, the fucking media has played us. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. And it and it's all an attempt because look at CNN was a reliable kind of. Um, I'm not going to say it was a liberal bastion, but it it was. It did it did yeah. slant liberal because it slant slanted to the truth. And uh, uh, conservatives always lie. Liberals always tell the truth. <laughs> not yeah, really. Not really. But, not really. But. Uh, it, actually, the media did skew toward truth to a degree. Their their new uh, head mucky muck decided they had the what he would say is split the middle. So we had Andrea Mitchell yesterday talking about the Paul Pelosi thing, and uh, you know, and the the dialogue that led up to it. You know, the radicalization of people because of all this kind of Q bullshit about killing babies and drinking blood and all of that. Right. And she actually had the gumption to say, well, it's on both sides. Well, yeah. no, it isn't. It no, just it isn't. fucking isn't. It's on the Republican side. And, um, you know, they went, they dug way, way down and pulled up all this Q shit. And now they, they've they incorporated it. Right. You know, right. I mean, what? you're hearing that in mainstream Republican crap. Well, and Andrea Mitchell, who is a legendary reporter, been around a lot, a long time. She needs to fucking retire because she's missing a step every day. I watch her. She can't keep a thought straight. And I I think she should say, I had a good career. I'm going to retire now, Uh, regardless if she's supporting Democrats or Republicans. I don't care. She's just not where she should be. We had a guy in this town who was a well-known, longtime writer um, in the sports pages, Sid Hartman. He was on the radio constantly. And he died, I don't know, a few years ago. But, but he was on the on the radio at like a hundred. You yeah. couldn't fucking make out what he was saying. He had no business to be on there. But because he himself was arrogant and kind of a dick, I know there are people who think he's a legend. I knew Sid Hartman. He was a I legendary worked, dick. Yeah, I worked with him in person. He was a dick. And Andrea Mitchell, I don't know if she's a dick, but she she needs to fucking let it go because she's she's just not solid. And when I watch CNN, I see them kind of shifting. And you know what? Whether they were shifting to the left or to the right, I have a problem with it. Because if I can see them shift, I can see they have no credibility. It has nothing to do with facts or truth. It has to do with what their bosses tell them or where the money is. And it's it's fucking annoying. Like Chris Cuomo, he had his problems at CNN. Now he's at some fucking place called One Nation. And now he's more kind of skewing right. I didn't like the guy in the first place because I thought he was an arrogant fuck. Now I like him even less because he doesn't seem to have any credibility. Well, exactly. I mean, if you go from one to the other like that and you don't miss a step, then there's something wrong. But, you know, in 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 not in defense of any of these people, because they know what they're doing. But um, these guys are not 
doing what we're doing. And uh, that explains a lot of why we hem and haw and, and go, uh, a lot is because we're not reading this, you know, right, right, but they true. always, always are. So uh, um, they, they're looking at, uh, they're looking at a teleprompter and uh, whatever the producer had and the news writers put in there is what they're going to say. So I, I'm sure that Andrea Mitchell did not really believe that there's equal um, obfuscation and and uh, and uh, demonization on the left as there is on the right when it comes to this sort of thing, but it popped up and she read it. Okay. Well, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, it's funny. I've had people argue with me when I when I'll talk to a Trump fuck and and I will argue with them, and uh, somebody will say to me, "Mike, you're so stubborn, you can't see the other side. You can't you you can't come to some compromise." And I explained to them, when we're talking about white supremacy, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, trying to overthrow this country, overturn elections, I'm sorry, there is no compromise. Either you're for that or you're not. There is no middle ground, and that's the problem. I'm not going to compromise with these fucks because they've got nothing that I could possibly agree to, and any patriot in this country would agree to. They're just fucking wrong. And people people get butthurt about that. Well, you're so sure, and you don't even consider their side. I've considered their side, and their side sucks, and their side is wrong. So I'm right, at least righter than anybody else in this conversation of two. Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. And all you have to do is go back to Trump after Charlottesville, when uh, he said there were good people on both sides. No, wrong. Guys holding tiki torches and yelling, Jews will not replace us. There's nothing on that side. You know, that's pure, virulent hatred. And it deserves one thing, and that's a fist in the face or a tiki torch up their butt. That's right. what it deserves. There are no good Nazis. There <laughs> are no good Nazis. Okay? No, absolutely not. And, and, and uh, I take offense when people come to me and, and, and say the things I do. I talk to the two Trumplefucks on the show and, um, you know, they just have nothing. They're not very smart. They're caught up in, in this ridiculous bullshit out there. I mean, the situation with Paul Pelosi is a perfect example. A Trumplefuck, verified Trumplefuck because of the things he posted on, on, on um, social media. We know what his standing was, regardless if he was a nudist or who's lived in Berkeley. He was never a liberal. Well, he might have been a liberal, but he's not now. No. Uh, he went in there with the intent of getting Nancy Pelosi. And he said, after the fact, I was going to hold Paul Pelosi hostage until Nancy Pelosi came in. I was going to hold her hostage and break her kneecaps. All right. Well, it's pretty clear what side of the coin this motherfucker's on. Now, the Republicans hear this and they're afraid because they're afraid that this guy is going to ident be identified as one of them. And that's well-founded because he is one of them. This is how these people think. So they come up with all these fucking stories. Oh, it's a gay tryst. Or, or Donald Trump said, yeah, it's a funny thing. The glass was broken from the inside out. So somebody was trying to get out. That's what he said. Which and it's bullshit. not true. It's bullshit. bullshit. But then somebody else said, well, the door was open. And, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's say the door was open. Let's say it is a gay twist, uh, a tryst, okay? Just say it is. 
How does that justify a 42-year-old man hitting an 82-year-old man over the head with a hammer and threatening to kill Nancy Pelosi? You could put any story you want around this that still doesn't justify this fucked-up act. And apparently these people and Fox News and the Trump fucks all support this kind of violence. And if they support this kind of violence, you have to wonder, do I want to vote for these fucks? Do I want to get behind this? Exactly. And the, and the facts are there, okay? They have the video feed of this guy walking up with the hammer, breaking the window door, whatever you want to call it, and walking in. They have that. Right. See, they would see what people don't realize is that the Capitol Police had a video feed on this house all the time. Unfortunately, no one was watching it. This is verified. You can go to any, well, you can go to any decent uh, uh, news group right now, and they're going to be telling you this. Right. And then they say, well, well, uh, uh, Paul Pelosi identified this guy as named David and said he was a friend. Also bullshit. There is the audio portion because this was the guy himself saying, my name is David. I'm a friend. Right. When he saw that Pelosi had gotten uh, the, police. the uh, police on the line. So he was trying to, to warn them off or keep them away. The other thing, first off, they were saying there were two hammers because the cop said it weird in, in the, the conference. He said they both had a hand on a hammer, but it was one hammer. They were basically fighting over it. Pelosi was trying to keep the guy from hitting him with it. Okay. Every other thing that they've come up with. There's stuff about being in underwear, which is not true. Nobody was in their underwear. None of this is true. And yet, it's still squeaking out there, right? It's still out there, and it's going. Um, but yeah, this, this, these lies and this, um, because you're right, it does make them look bad because they've been demonizing Nancy to the point that that uh, anybody who's a little flaky is going to think, I'm going to be the hero. It's just like Pizzagate. You know, where uh, uh, Hillary Clinton supposedly was killing children in the basement of a pizza parlor that didn't have a basement. So the guy comes and shoots it up. This is what's going on here. Okay. And yeah, there are not two sides to this. There's only the good side and the Republicans. Right. Right. And the Republicans are so desperate to change the narrative there. You know, they, they talk real confident about the midterms and I, I have to believe they're scared shitless. They know everything they've tried has gone wrong leading up to these midterms. And as much as the media says, well, this is this and this is this, it's going to be a tough fight. I just don't think it's going to be. I, I give I give people in this country more credit that they see what's going on. I mean, even if we're talking about Republicans who aren't part of the base that are that are more reasonably minded or more more middle of the road Republicans, they can't possibly can't possibly come up a reason why they'd want to side with this element of fucking dirtbags. You know, I, I like I said, when this is all over, when this midterm is all over, everything is going to change. The paradigm's going to change. The world's not going to change. I mean, I think that's what people think. The moment the election ends, if the Republicans win the House, our democracy is gone. And that's bullshit. That's not what's going to happen. Well, not exactly. But the one thing I want to get out there is the Republicans have a plan. And it's dependent. They don't care if they get the Senate or not. Be quite. I mean, it'd be great if they could, of course, if they could have both houses. 
But as long as they get the house, that's all they care about. Because what they're planning to do is when the debt ceiling comes up again, they want to refuse to raise the debt ceiling. And if they refuse to do that, then we default on all of the bonds that the other countries hold, that uh, Social Security and Medicare are dependent upon. Um, They want to crash the economy, and um, then they can say, we can't afford these entitlements now. We can't pay those. We're broke. And that's how they get rid of it, because no one ever has to vote on it. But you 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 notice when they tried to play that game this past time, um, they always cave. And I'll tell you why they cave, because the vast majority of Republicans don't believe that. It's just the fucking... It's just the base. The base won't have enough to actually fucking accomplish that. I don't think um, they'll never they'll never get anything through the Senate as long as the re- Democrats hold the Senate. Yeah, uh, but they don't have to. No, See, no, they don't I, have to. I know that, but but I don't believe I don't believe that every Republican in the House is going to get on board with that when they know what it's going to do to their constituents. If they do that, it's going to cost them votes and elections, and they just don't have the courage to fucking do that. There are a certain radical group of people, but they aren't big enough to make that happen. They always cave in the end. And and to be honest with you, uh, with the likes of, of of Joe Biden in the in office and some of the other people in the Senate and even in the House, these are very smart people. They're thinking about these things right now, what the possibilities are. And you can't tell me there aren't some angles to make these fuckers pay if they attempt to do that. Well, I hope you're right. Um, I believe, though, that the people that are putting this out there, and this includes uh, McCarthy, uh, who is possibly going to be the Speaker of the House and so forth, and others, um, I think they're signaling their their corporate people. See, the the idea that the Republican establishment has anything to do with what their policies are is, is, is just ridiculous. Their policies are handed down to them from the oligarchs that, are, that control the corporations and essentially control the Republican Party. And this is, this is an oligarch and a corporation are the same in that they have no country. Yeah. They are not patriots. You know, they don't care. It's all about the money and it's all about the power. And that's why they're, they're having a conniption fit because Bonacero got beaten in Brazil. He was one of the tribe. He was one of their guys. And then yeah. he gets beat. That's why they're bringing in uh, Orban from Hungary to, to speak at CPAC, because they're all one. Right. Putin, Orban, Bonacero, all of these guys worldwide, the woman that just, just got into power in Italy, they're all one. And they're all sponsored by this ungodly accumulation of wealth that these people have, that they've been allowed to to pile up and pile up and pile up through the policies that we've allowed to exist, where where a, a corporation buys another corporation buys another corporation. Before you know it, you've got one corporate entity that's controlling the food, or the gasoline, or the medical, you know. And this is what's happening: smaller, bigger, and bigger corporations. Uh, controlling more and more segments of the of the the economy, so that ultimately 
they can do anything they want because they can buy the politicians. Well, but but if you crash the economy, if that is their plan and they crash the economy, doesn't that cost a lot of rich people a lot of money too? Don't they lose a lot of money and can they really get away with doing that? Well, let me give you an example here. Uh, you remember I, I mentioned the uh, the um, uh, Great Depression, right? Right. And uh, here in, in, in my hometown, there were rich people who controlled a lot of land, and then there were the shopkeepers, businessmen, and then there were all of the people out in the country who worked as sharecroppers on these uh, these big farms, right? Right. Because, because the... Uh, they had real property. The rich people made it through the depression just fine. It was the poor people who were starving to death around here, you know, and it, when it was all said and done, they had a leg up getting back. If they are forewarned, there are ways, you know, their money that, that they get, they, they don't pay taxes on. It's not just in their mattress. It's in offshore accounts. It can't be touched, you know. Well, there is something else to, to, to speak to with Republicans. The one thing we know about Republicans, they make a lot of threats. They rarely follow through. They talk shit. And, and yes, I know they want to feed the rich and such. I just, I just don't see how they get away with it, even if they have. If they have any majority in the House, it's going to be small. And if they get any Republicans going the opposite way, then they got a problem. Um, and I, I just don't see every Republican in the House going along with that crazy bullshit. There are some reasonably minded Republicans in the House. Not many, but there are some. Well, I, I think it's a small minority now. They've they've gotten rid of Liz. They've gotten rid of Adam. Uh, those were those were the only two we saw who were willing to step up and say anything, right? So uh, the rest of them have to be complicit. The uh, the other thing is they don't actually have to crash the economy. They've tried it before, 2011 and I think 2014. And what they managed to do was give a, a huge hit to the economy because when other countries who, who possess a lot of that debt see this going on, that affects the rates and so forth. So uh, uh, there were like billion dollar hit, I mean, trillion dollar hits each time they try that. And uh, I still think that their ultimate goal is to get rid of Social Security, to get what they call entitlements, because they passed this huge tax cut for uh, corporations and rich people, and that now they can't pay for it because mm -hmm. this inflation and this, this reset, it's not a recession yet, but this downturn came along, the pandemic that they didn't pay, they didn't plan on when they passed that tax cut, and there isn't enough money to sustain that. They're either going to have to come up with about $300 trillion or they're going to have to raise taxes on those people they cut taxes on because they can't get any more from you and me. No, you no, know? no, they can't. So, so they're, yeah. they're between a rock and a hard place, and that's what they're going for. They want to get rid of the, They want to claim that money. Well, well, that's what they that, that's maybe what they want to do, but it's going to be a hard road for them to get that done. Um, I think that I think that once we get through this midterm, we're going to see a different Joe Biden. He's going to be a little tougher. He's going to be a little meaner because I don't think he's going to run in 2024. If the the Democrats win in the midterms, 
Hopefully then it's a free-for-all. They go after everything they can fucking possibly get. And the very first thing they need to do is codify Roe v. Wade. The second thing they need to do is expand the uh, the Supreme Court. Now, I've got something about the Supreme Court I want to talk about in the next part. But And if, if the Republicans win, you're going to see a different take by Joe Biden. He's got nothing to lose at this point. Probably yeah. not running again for election. He's got two more years. And... Uh, there is nobody that's more savvy and knows more about how that Congress runs than Joe Biden. I think you'll see Joe Biden getting in the mix, and I think they're going to start spotlighting uh, Kamala or Kamala, so they can raise her her popularity between now and 2024. I think we're going to see a, a vastly different Democratic Party. I hope you're right, and actually, you've kind of. Uh... You have calmed me down a little bit because I'm really insanely uh, uh, um, uh, against everything Republican so far as finances go. Because every time a Republican gets in power, I pay for it. I don't care if it's Reagan. You know, Reagan came in. He cost me money. Bush came in. He cost me money. You know, and in my lifetime, Republicans have done nothing except stick their hand in my wallet every time they get a chance. I'm right. sick of it. I'm tired of it. And uh, anything we can do to stop them so that there's never, ever another Republican in office is fine with me. Well, I think what we have to understand is this is a, 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 a pivotal moment in our history and things are going to change after this midterms. But what's even more important to understand is that regardless of what happens in the midterms, the time for the Republicans in the state they're currently in is short because we're old and boomers are dying off. And behind us or in front of us, we've got millennials and Gen Zs and Gen Zs and millennials aren't going to stand for this shit. They're totally different people. They aren't going to buy in to the Republican cult bullshit. Well, I think that Alex Jones, of all people, have shown us the way, or rather the people who went after him. Uh, We need to do that with Fox News. We need to do it with OAN. We need to do it with One America. All of these right-wing outlets that spread this crap, they need to go down the the same road that Alex Jones went down. Absolutely. They need to be called on it, and they need to be hit hard, in the pocketbook, because that's the only thing that'll, that will uh, will stall them. Sooner or later, Rupert Murdoch's going to be dead, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's you know? a good thing. And then I'm hoping the whole thing falls apart. But uh, I, I would I would love to see Sean Hannity and uh, uh, Tucker Carlson in prison. I really would, because I think they do things that that justify that. With, I mean, Sean Hannity was right in the middle of trying to overturn the country. Absolutely, he was. He was like a a uh, what? What do they call it? Uh, um, a, a kitchen advisor? Is that what they call it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, he he was literally advising the president. I mean, Donald Trump quoted Fox News and Sean Hannity constantly. They apparently talked on the phone constantly. And if we're talking about the January sixth insurrection or whatever else. Damned if Sean Hannity isn't complicit. And, and I'll guarantee you, the DOJ is looking at that shit, and Sean fucking knows it. 
Oh, I hope so. I I would love to see him finish his life in prison. And the same goes for Tucker Carlson, who is a tool of Putin. He should be in prison for being for aiding and abetting the enemy. I mean, he's he if they kill the Rosenbergs, um, he should be shaken in his boots. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He is uh, he is the despicable of the despicable. He's only in this for the money. And unfortunately, the dumbest of us look at him as some kind of journalistic bastion, and he is not. <clears throat> he himself admits he's not a journalist. He himself admits he's nothing but an entertainer. And when I've talked to these trump they say, well, I get information from Fox News. And I'll say, you know that's not a news source. And they go, yes, it is. No, it's not. Fox News doesn't even, I mean, it's a misnomer that they call themselves Fox News. Fox, calling them Fox News is, is, is like, uh, uh, like Ford calling their car a Mustang. It's called a Mustang, but it's not really a fucking Mustang in the sense of a, being a horse. It's just a label. It has right. no credibility as far as being a news source. And so it's, it's, it's hard because there's enough people that believe it that you feel like the vast majority of Republicans believe it. And I just, I don't think that's true. I mean, there are people that are, have common sense that can see that uh, trying to overthrow this government isn't right. And I don't want to be part of that. And I think we're going to see that. I mean, we don't need to change all Republicans' minds to win elections. We just need to change a fraction or, or a percentage of those Trump fucks to move over to the Republic, the Democratic side, or just don't vote. And I don't think that's going to be that hard to do. We don't even have to do that. We just have to get the undecideds, the swing voters. If we get the swing voters with the Democrats, Republicans can never win another election. You just don't have enough of them. You know, as long as the Democrats and the swingers vote, right. then we're good. You know, so if you haven't voted yet, vote. You know, if you're a young person who's never voted, vote. Vote blue. I, th- I think I think these young folks are have the intention of getting out. They see that a bunch of old white people are going to be deciding their future will be long dead, and they'll be still struggling with the with the the uh, remnants of what these old white fucks left for them. Hopefully, they're self aware enough where they can say, "Okay, fuck this. We're tired of it." And that's why I've always said, you know. Um, Let's get rid of the old white men. Let's get some young people in there and let them decide their own fucking destiny because we aren't doing a good job now. If we aren't doing a good job, let somebody else fucking do it. Well, it looks like Chuck Grassley's in trouble. That's good. He may still win, but at least, I mean, it would be, I would be so happy to see his last run wind up with him getting his ass tossed out. I would love that. I mean, what is an 89-year-old motherfucker doing running for a next another six-year term? That is, I mean, right now he appears out of it. He, he, he has some cognitive issues. He's dumb. He's potentially a treasonist. He was going to try to um, subvert Mike Pence because he's the oldest guy on the fucking whatever in the Senate. But that's... He had every intention of doing that, every intention of trying to overturn the election. So I got to think he might be on the hook uh, criminally at some point. 
I hope so. You know, they'll probably let him go because he is old and infirm, as it were. But uh, I'd, I'd love to see him in prison. I mean, just because you're old doesn't mean that you don't. If you do the crime, do the time. Shut up. Well, they should put him in a jail cell with David DePappy and give David a hammer and say, he's old. He hates Trump. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're we're going to take a quick break, and I've got a couple things I want to bring up about um, the Supreme Court and uh, um, some other stuff about the about the uh, election coming up. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, I'll be right back. Okie dokie. We're back on the Rational Boomer podcast. We're moving through a podcast with uh, our perennial, not perennial, what do I want to say? Tasteable. <laughs> our frequent guest, Ed. There you go. Our frequent guest, perennial would be once a year, right? Yeah, something yeah, like that's, that. that. That's not right. Anyway, okay, our frequent guest, Ed, and it's always good to hear his perspective. I'm looking at a news story right now that's just going to be interesting. Now, I said... If the Democrats win in the midterms, the two things I think they have to do, first and foremost, to clean up as much shit as they can as quickly as possible, first, codify Roe v. Wade. That goes without saying. And in kind of a related situation, they need to address the Supreme Court because there are problems in the Supreme Court. They are partisan. They are unethical. They are corrupt, specifically Clarence Thomas. Uh, and they need to address that because if we don't have that fixed, we have no Supreme Court. And that's fully one third of our governmental process that needs to be fixed. So I'm looking at a story that just came across. And this is CNN. So take it for what it's worth. It says a lawyer for former President Donald Trump describes Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas as key to Trump's plan to delay Congress certification of President Joe Biden's victory through litigation after the 2020 election, according to emails recently turned over to the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. We want to frame things so that Thomas could be the one to issue a temporary order putting Georgia's results in doubt. Trump attorney Kenneth Cheesebro wrote in a December 31st, 2020 email, adding that a favorable order from Thomas was their only chance to hold up uh, Congress from counting the electoral vote for Biden from uh, Georgia. Yeah. That's pretty damning. 
Well, you would think so. I mean, uh, Thomas, of course, could could come back and say, well, that's what they thought, but that doesn't mean I was going to do it. The trouble is, if you go back to uh, Bush Gore, right, the Supreme Court horned in where they should not have and stopped the counting of the votes. Um, that, that made that essentially gave Bush the election right there. Right. I personally think Gore should have fought harder and said, no, this cannot stand. But no, he was a moral person who put the country ahead of his own uh, ambition. I wish he hadn't. <laughs> I really do. But yeah, I think that was the plan all along. I mean, right before um, the uh, the answer, right before the election, actually, um, Donald Trump Jr., um, speaking to someone, said, even if we lose, we've got five or six other ways and we've got them all covered. Right. So, you know, they thought they had the Supreme Court. They thought they had enough of Congress. They thought they had the state legislatures. They thought they had the alternate uh, uh, um, electors. They thought they had it all. You know, right. and the, and uh, all of the lawsuits about you know, fraud and all of that, they thought they had it covered so they could, could just really confuse things long enough that that they could somehow or other pull it out. Well, and the thing about thing about Clarence Thomas, as you said, you know, this this statement comes out and and it's it's from emails, So it's right from the hands of a Trump lawyer. Uh, you're saying, well, he could say, well, I wasn't really going to do that. But then you have to throw in the fact that he's married to somebody who was involved in the insurrection and he's re not refused to recuse himself from making decisions with that January 6th thing. So Clarence Thomas has done everything he could possibly do to point, to paint himself as complicit in this situation. And I think Clarence Thomas is just such an arrogant fuck, thinks he's untouchable in the Supreme Court. And uh, as I said, a lot of things are going to change in this country. I think Clarence Thomas is going to find out he's not untouchable. I, I, I really hope you're right. It, it, you know, it complicates things in that he had such a hard time getting in to begin with because he was so obviously not qualified right. and that there were serious concerns about him. But uh, once he was in, then uh, he... Uh, he, he really took a low profile for the most part until this all came up. But uh, he's uh, he's never been a distinguished jurist. He never will be. And I, uh, I do think there's enough, if they can put it together, uh, to, to impeach him. But it, it's like the old saying, if you shoot at the king, don't miss. They'd better have their ducks in a row with both him and Trump. If they indict and don't convict then it just boosts them right, both. Right. Well, I think a better way is to just expand the court. If, if we have the numbers, which is, is hard to do, I mean, we still need those 10 Republican votes or we need 10 new Democrats. Right. In order to uh, in order to change the court, get rid or, of the filibuster and so forth. You don't need 60 to get rid of the filibuster, though, I don't believe. Yeah, you do. I don't or think we would have done it. Well, Cinema, uh, Cinema, and uh, we were going to do it, except Cinema and uh, uh, the other one, the guy from West Virginia, yeah, uh, yeah balked at it. Yeah, uh, um, Mansion. But that's my point. Mansion. That's my point. Uh, we wouldn't have done it because of those two. Right. If we, if we had fifty-two or fifty-three, I think we can subvert the filibuster 
maybe not get rid of it, but at least carve it to do this sort of thing. I think that's the key for us to get the Senate. You don't, I don't think we have to get 60 Democrats to get it done. I think we just have to have a clear, a clear, um, majority and we have to get one on the Republicans, but we have to get two more to cover for, um, Mansion and cinema. If we could get four more, I think we could carve out the filibuster, if not get rid of it. It would make a huge difference for sure on almost everything. Um, the things that we had to, we couldn't get through and had to amend and work around and appeal to, like, you know, having to get rid of the hedge fund deal uh, to please cinema so she would vote for uh, uh, right. the latest package, right? right? That sort of thing. We wouldn't have to do that anymore. And um, uh, I, I still think ultimately, though, the court should be 13 to reflect the circuits. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's going to be the best way to do it. Everybody says, well, can we impeach them? And yeah, we can. We can impeach them. Uh, but it's a long, drawn-out process. And it's a bunch of bullshit. Not that expanding the court isn't a long, drawn-out process. But uh, they've only tried it once in our history, a hundred some years ago, and it didn't work uh, because you run into the same problem. Uh, you can impeach them in the House, but if the Senate doesn't convict them, they still stay in place. All that it is is a stain on their record. It has nothing to do with removing them. So there's a lot to go through with that. The best is to expand it or or get them in line with what you mentioned before about uh, FDR, when they started yeah. fucking around, FDR says, okay, I'm just going to expand the Supreme Court. And then they decided to, well, we'll behave. I don't think you can trust the Republicans to behave, so you just have to expand the Supreme Court. Yeah, I, I think that is that is key. And right now, the court, all of the Republicans are anyway, oh, people are being mean to us. We're... Uh, we're uh, they're not taking us seriously. Well, you did that. You know, I mean, we've got Alito and I can't be said enough. Right. This is the guy who wrote the opinion. This is the guy who got rid of Roe v. Wade, essentially, right. um, with with the other Republicans joining him. Uh, and um, we got the new the release of the Teddy Kennedy diaries that, that that show that this guy, because Teddy would have had no reason to put this in his diary if it didn't happen. Right. Uh, he, Alito swears to him that um, Roe v. Wade is uh, that there is a right to privacy in both the 14th Amendment and one of the others. I forget which. And that Roe v. Wade is settled law. He swore that. To Teddy Kennedy in order to get on the Supreme Court, and then and of course he lied. He perjured himself. Yeah, he wasn't under oath. He wasn't under oath. Got to remember that. And I don't know if they're under oath when they're being questioned by the uh, uh, by the Senate or not. They are. They are under oath. They all are. three. All three of those lied under oath. All yes. right. Well, there you go. Now there Alito may not have been because it was a conversation with. With, uh, right, he wouldn't Teddy have been Kennedy. at that point. Right. I mean, that was in his office, I believe. Um, but still, it speaks to the guy's nature. It, it speaks to the guy's uh, veracity that he is uh, willing to lie in order to get on the court just so he can uh, can uh, manipulate uh, 
the law and so forth. But the other thing that the Supreme Court did, uh, well, right now, you see Roberts stopping, interfering with the uh, the Trump uh, tax records. Right. Okay. There's no reason for him to do that. The court is eventually going to let it go through anyway. He just wants to delay it until after the midterms. So that speaks to his uh, level of morality, that he's willing to do that. We saw Thomas do it with with Trump down in Georgia, too, and with, uh, well, he did it with uh, Lindsey Graham. Right. Well, we'll and see that, that, of course, that, of course, got overturned. So that, well, that's Lindsey it. has to testify. That's that's the interesting thing is what they're doing just procedural or is it showing their colors? I mean, you know, when when Clarence Thomas put a hold on Lindsey Graham uh, to testify, everybody's freaking out. Oh, Clarence Thomas did this. It's all gamed. He'll never have to testify. And I said, now, hold on a second. That wasn't the decision. That's just a temporary hold. When it gets to the court, do. does the court really want to wade into that fucking case? It's it's not very important. It's not very big, and it's going to be harmful to the Supreme Court. I have a feeling they just won't hear it. Turns out that's exactly what happened. And I think the same is going to be said about um, Donald Trump uh, tax records. They put a hold on it. When the whole court comes to it in a week or so, They'll say, yeah, no, we're not going to touch this. I think some of it has to do in their minds. They think they can delay it till after the midterms. And frankly, that whole thing with Donald Trump and his IRS records, that is the least of my concerns, mainly because the Manhattan District already has those records. It's not right. like they haven't been exposed. And there right. was a trial going on uh, against uh, uh, against the Trump organization, which is going to impact Donald Trump, Eric Trump. Uh, Don Jr., they're fucked in that case. That case is going so badly for him, it just started. Um, and, and of course, Donald Trump's lawyers tried to throw Alan Weisselberg under the bus. He's already admitted and, and pled guilty, so they're trying to throw him out of the bus. The judge was so fucking annoyed that he said, stop. He sent the jury out of the room, and then he proceeded to straighten these fucks out. Donald Trump has got them, you know, spewing conspiracy theories and doing this shit. And that's just not going to play in court. It's not no. going to go well. And again, it's just about the delay, but the inevitable is the inevitable. So I'm not worried about Trump's taxes. That's the least of the problems. We've got him stealing documents. We've got him mounting a coup. We've got all these other situations, him him uh, defrauding the state of New York and the federal government. Those are way bigger than those tax things. The only thing the tax returns is going to do by getting it to Congress is embarrass Donald Trump. That's really all that's I'm for that too. Expose him for what he is because as a narcissist, we pull, if we prove that he's not as rich as he is, that crushes him. And I'm all for that. But if you're worried about Donald Trump getting indicted, that case with his, his, uh, his uh, tax returns is already being litigated in the Manhattan district. So don't fucking worry about that. Yeah, if if you look at it, the problem with what's going on in Washington right now is that uh, we have the presidency, okay, and we have the Senate, essentially. We have the Senate now. The House is a bunch of yahoos. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, This started with Newt Gingrich, getting rid of anybody with an ounce of moral um, 
morality to them, any sort of patriotism, anything beyond uh, fierce party loyalty simply because you get a payday out of it. Um, the Republicans in the House, there are very few of them. There are only two that we see, and that is Liz Cheney and uh, Adam, uh, what's his face? Kinzinger. Uh, Kinzinger. Uh, there, there's only two out of all of those Republicans, right? Right. Now, the, the what I'm looking forward to is after the midterms, there's going to be a flurry of activity, and there's some people who are probably feeling really safe in the, in this, in their seat in Congress who are not going to be. They're going to be in jail. Right. And they are those seven people that asked for a pardon because they were deep, neck deep in this, and they will be charged. They will be indicted, and they will be removed from Congress. That's my prediction. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, whether you agree with it or not, Merrick Garland is playing it safe. And, you know, we went through the hearings, and there will be more hearings. I've always said that. Uh, but nothing was exposed about sitting members of Congress that were involved in the insurrection. Nothing about Ginny Thomas. Nothing about Roger Stone. Well, there was some about Roger Stone. Yeah. But the thing is, is the reason he's doing this is because he's trying to be careful. He doesn't want anybody to say, well, they're just trying to impact the elections. I mean, Donald Trump is already playing that fucking card. I don't know if you heard with this trial in New York. Uh -huh. he, he said, he said, how dare they do this? This is appalling. They're doing this trial before the election. Well, Donnie, you're not on the fucking ballot and you're a fucking fraud. My problem with yeah. Merrick Garland is, is, is these problems we're dealing with are pretty serious and pretty damaging to this country. Isn't it more damaging to wait than it is to have to be called out because you might have looked like you were trying to affect an election. I don't know. I, I think if you got a fire, you put the wire at water on it as soon as possible. You don't wait till it burns down to a certain point. But, you know, I'm not the attorney general, so we have to take it for what it is. But I think as soon as the midterms are open, there's going to be a flurry of actions from the DOJ, from Georgia, from New York, and a lot of people are going to fall. The J6 committee is going to come out and expose the sitting members of Congress. And even if they win, in the House, there's going to be a lot of turmoil with the fucking Republicans. Yeah, they may not hold it very long, just based on the seven that get thrown out, plus one senator, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Well, Teddy um, Cruz might be in there, too. Yeah, but Ron, we know, was carrying those electors. Right. We've got him on it. He was involved. We've got Chuck Grassley involved. So uh, that's two even if they win re-election, they could be charged. They should be charged. I'm hoping they will be charged. You would think they would be, but we, we know that politicians get away with a lot. They'll get a slap on the wrist. Uh, now, what happens? Ron Johnson loses. Do they still go after him? I would hope oh, yeah. they would. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. even especially then if he loses. Yeah. I mean, Ron Johnson, you know, I know he's a wealthy guy and all this stuff, but I listen to him talk and how he – implicates himself this man is not smart he's not no. a smart man if he was he wouldn't be in this position because um, he looks horrible and i don't you know i love wisconsin i like going to wisconsin but i sometimes get troubled by some of the people they voted into office 
There, there must be a certain faction of people in Wisconsin that are fucking despicable. I mean, we have them here in Minnesota, too, but not to the extent that Wisconsin has them. I just want to give you two names that remind me of Wisconsin. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein. <laughs> <laughs> two biggest uh, serial killers we can think of, you know, over years. And so both, both from Wisconsin. Uh, there's got to be a reason. <laughs> you know, Ed Gein, for those people that don't know, most people know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, especially with the show that was just on. But Ed Gein was a killer in rural Wisconsin, like in the 50s, right? Yeah, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Murders kind of based on him, and Psycho's kind of based on him. Yeah, but this was one sick fuck. He, I mean, he. he but I got a story to go with this. Um, but he, he, uh, um, he also, if you went when they went into his house, he had lampshades made of human skin. He would kill yep. a woman and skin her, and then put her skin over his I mean he was a weird crazy motherfucker and it was Wisconsin but the reason I find it interesting is when I worked with the Minnesota Department of Transportation there was a guy there he was he was an engineer and he was kind of totally unlike any engineer you've ever seen cuz engineers are pretty analytical pretty dry and and all that this guy was not he, he had stories but he grew up in the very town Ed Gein was in, and he was of an age when he was young that Ed Gein was around. Ed Gein was a very well-known person in town. He was kind of odd. He was kind of quiet. Nobody thought he was any kind of threat. I mean, even Ed Gein, <laughs> Ed Gein was so well thought of that he even babysat some of the kids in that town. Uh, there's got to be some kids going whoa yeah whoa but it was interesting to talk to this guy about ed gein somebody who saw the inside and 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 he he found out all about what happened he told me a story how there was this woman who owned a bar she's a heavy set woman he walked in shot her dragged her out brought her home scun her and did whatever the fuck he did but you're right. There does seem to be a lot of that crops up in Wisconsin, and, and you have to wonder why. It, it, does it have anything to do with them being Green Bay Packer fans? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's probably something to do with it. <laughs> now, any Green Bay Packer fans that listen to the Rational Boomer podcast, this is we're kidding. I don't like yes. Packer fans. I'm not a big fan of Wisconsin sports I actually have some fans. friends who are big Packer fans. No, I do, too. So, uh, I disclaimer do too. there. I do too. I do too. As long as we're not talking politics or football, I don't. I, I'm not as serious about football as I once was. So I don't really care. But so I, I'm thinking after the midterms, um, all this holding back and people saying when's something going to happen? When's something going to happen? I think shit's going to happen every other day after the midterms. It's going to be like. Uh, you know, it's going to be like you. you <laughs> we've been we've been constipated, and and the axe lax is going to start hitting on November 9th. I think you're right, which also happens to be my birthday. So I'm looking for a big birthday present this year. Yeah, no uh, shit. Uh, I mean, there's going to be so many people fighting over Donald Trump. <laughs> I we want to put him in our prison. No, we want to put him in our prison. You know, and. Uh, uh, so that's going to be fun. 
Um, I, I'm really looking more for the, the Gohmerts and, and uh, uh, the uh, Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, all of these irritating flies that have been buzzing around. Uh, I just want to see them get swatted. That's what I want for my birthday. I want these people to become uh, consigned to the dustbin of history so we never have to think of them again. That's what I want for my birthday. But the number one is Trump. I want his head mounted on a plaque that I can put over my fireplace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Metaphorically speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it depends on what happens. I'm all for it either way. Um, But uh, do do you think, personally, you know, people are so worried about, well, if if the Republicans win, this is the end of democracy. And I I refuse to believe that. I I don't think that's the case. We've gone through tough times and serious times. But there has to be a strategy no matter what happens. If the Democrats win, they need to mount up and get serious and, and, and motivated to get as much cleared as they can. But if they don't, I think the only thing left to do is just to take down the Republican Party. And if you can't win it through votes, you got to do it through indictments and start taking people down one by one, destroying the infrastructure of the Republican Party because they're an enemy of this country. And Absolutely. So, so we've got to indict everybody and anybody that deserves to be indicted. Just tear them to fucking shreds. Well, I, I, uh, that's why this election is so important, because if the, if the Republicans take back the House, <clears throat> they have already told us what they're going to do, and that is they are going to impeach Joe Biden. They're going to impeach Merrick Garden. They're going to have all of these committees investigating everybody who ever farted anywhere. Uh, it's all going to be bogus, and it's going to amount to nothing, but it's going to tie up Congress for the next four years, which is what they're hoping for, right? Well, but but how how do they how do they impeach Joe Biden? I mean, how do they come up with something that's an impeachable offense that they can prove there is nothing? Well, there is nothing, but that doesn't mean they can't bring it up. The, the things I have heard is the border crisis, which doesn't exist and is easily provable, and it is. Did you ever notice the border crisis is only in Texas and Arizona, never in New Mexico and California, which also have borders? Yeah, that's there's interesting. There's no crisis there. Isn't that interesting that they, they just never go in through California or New Mexico for some reason? It's well, always just Arizona and Texas. And if you look at the numbers, it's no difference than when Trump was in, no different than when Obama in. This is one of those problems that people have been trying to fix for decades and nobody's been able to do it. it it's All you can do is fucking manage it. And if you could, you know, like, for example, they were talking about... Um, it was like 2 million people that were stopped at the border and either sent yeah. through for whatever. Uh, and, and the Republicans go, see, 2 million people at the border. And then I say, well, no, it means nothing because we caught them. Yeah. Donald Trump and didn't catch 2 million. Right. It's actually, if you look at the, and it, you can Google this and see it for yourself. Joe Biden has sent back way more than uh, Trump ever did because they want the Republicans want a porous border because they want to exploit that labor. They do. They exploit it all the time. And then once they've exploited them, then they'll turn them into ice and send them back. Right. I mean, right. this is what goes on. It would not surprise me at all to find that there are Republican operatives or at least 
conservative operatives uh, uh, down in Central America who are giving these people money to get them to the border just so that they can claim a crisis. It would not surprise me at all. As a matter of fact, I'm sure it's happening, uh, that this whole thing is being engineered. Um, They would rather cancel Social Security, make seniors get back in the workforce to fill these minimum wage jobs, because uh, then to allow these people in because they feel like that they'll convert and vote Democrat. I mean, that's what they feel like. Whereas in Florida, we see the Hispanics are voting Republican. Of course, those are conservative Cubans mostly. Uh, But, uh, you know, we there's no lock on the Hispanic vote for Democrats. There just isn't. Right. And then you have two two senators, the son of. Hispanic immigrants who are the biggest push against immigration. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. Explain that one to me. Yeah. Uh, immigration was fine up until we got in. Now shut the fucking doors. I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, that is so, so absolutely ridiculous. I, it's, I'll be honest. I'll be glad when this election is over. I'm getting so tired of watching the shit on the TV news and them trying to stir shit and all these ridiculous fucking ads, for Christ's sake. Did you hear about, I mentioned this in the last podcast, I think, our own Tom Emmer? Yes. And now, to be fair, that's not an ad. It was a post on uh, yeah, that's Twitter, what I think, or Facebook. But, but he is but running. He was going to be. Yeah. And he was running for election. So yeah. whether it's called an ad officially or not, it's a fucking ad. That's what it is. Uh, so, um, so anyway, we've got this uh, um, situation with him firing a gun, Mister Big Shot, Hot Shot guy, and then he says, "Fire Pelosi." Some kind of clever statement that he makes, and then he says, "Oh, I didn't mean that. Fuck you. You did mean that." Tom Emmer. We all know you meant that. Yes. I've never been in Emmer's district, but I've been close to it, and he is a worthless piece of shit. How he wins, I don't know. Of course, some of the areas he's in are areas I know that are more trump uh infested than other parts of the city. They're just far enough in the suburbs where we're dealing with people of rural backgrounds, and, and those are the people that side with the trump But, you know, you, you watch this shit, and you think— how do they get away with it? Well, because they're just feeding red meat to fucking toothless motherfuckers. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You're just as likely to see a rebel flag in, in his district as you are where I live. You know, oh, flutter yeah. it on the back of a pickup. You know, it's just that crazy. Um, yeah. In, quote, liberal Minnesota, you know. I mean, this is the thing. It's 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 always been. It's not north or south, east or west. It's rural versus urban. Because urban people live with one another. They realize that black people, Hispanics, Asians are all just people who want the same things they do. You right. get out in the country, you got these enclaves of white people who are scared to death. They know they can't compete, you know, and all they, you know, they're down to minimum wage now and they're afraid it'll go lower. And uh, so they're easily swayed, right? Right. But it, the, the urban islands are the only thing that keep this country afloat otherwise we're uh, we're we're in mad max land yeah as, as we're winding down this uh this podcast i wanted to bring up uh twitter now that elon musk has taken over twitter 
and uh, you're you're more of an aficionado with Twitter than I am. I've never really paid much attention to it, but but I'm I'm doing a little test right now. But what are your thoughts on Twitter right now? What are you seeing? Well, I, Is it as bad as they say? Um, I'm not sure if it's as bad as they say or not. See, there's a number of things, the problems I have with it. I, I only got into Twitter not even a year ago. It was, I think, January. I had a Twitter account because of work. You know, yeah. they wanted us to post stuff on Twitter about the morning show and so forth, you know. So I did that. But I never really did it, took it seriously. I had four followers. Right. And, the, and I realized that I had put the wrong, I wanted to put uh, what I use now on it, the hashtag I am, I said, Ed, right? But I right. had, when I had put it up, I wasn't watching what I, would do, I was doing and I had missed a letter. So oh. that was what was up there. So I just left that account alone and started a new one. And uh, uh, so I've got about almost 2,500 followers that I've built up in the last nine or 10 months. Right. Right. And I figured some of those might go away, but I've been fairly fastidious about policing that. And if I follow somebody and they don't follow me back, I dump them. If it looks like they're a bot, I dump them, you know, so these are legitimate. I lost 10 followers when, when Musk took over. So whatever they're doing, whatever they're getting rid of, they only got rid of 10 of mine. Now, I know other people who I follow who've lost hundreds, some thousands. Really? So it, it may be that they had bots or whatever. I don't or people know. are just annoyed with it and saying, fuck it, I'm leaving. Because yeah, we're getting... There's some of that. Yeah. Well... But, uh, uh, you know, he's talking about, I don't even know what the blue check stuff is. I know it's uh, there's verified accounts, which means you can have more followers and all of that kind of stuff. I don't even worry about that crap you know he's talking yeah. about charging them something i know stephen king was against it they're going back and forth the thing that he did that really pissed me off and almost made me just cancel the account was one of the first things he did was uh, retweet one of those conspiracy theories about paul right. pelosi right i mean like the day after he took over he puts this up he deletes it but that tells me all i need to know both about his judgment and right. and also about his uh, his his basic uh, political stance. Well, the blue check thing is interesting. He wants to charge twenty a month to be verified on Twitter, and there's that verification thing on TikTok too. And everybody seems to get real excited when they get verified, or upset if they don't have it. I, I don't fucking get that. Well, why do I need to be verified by TikTok or Twitter or anything else? I know who I am. And I'm sure I am who I am. I don't give a fuck. I mean, it, what, what yeah. is it? Do, 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 do I get a, get on the payroll then if, if they give me a blue check? No, it's nothing like that. But I was looking at, I have a Twitter account, Rational Boomer Twitter account. Really have not done much with it other than promote the podcast. I haven't made really any comments. And when Elon Musk took over and I see the things that are happening, I think, well, I'll just cancel my account. And I thought, well, that's not fucking fun. I mean, I don't have many followers. Nobody cares if I cancel my account. So I thought I'd see how long it took me to get banned from my account. Yeah. Since, since we're all about conspiracy theories and bullshit and lies, I can come up with conspiracy shit and, 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 and bullshit and lies, except it's going the other way toward the Republicans. So I told the people on the podcast yesterday, I'm going to start posting stuff here and there that's just 
fucking crazy in the minds of Republicans and see how long it takes me to get kicked off. Because I really don't care if they kick me off. I would like being kicked off Twitter more than I would be just shutting it down. It'd be more fun. So I made one tweet. I'm just starting, so I got to try to be as clever as I can. But the first one was, word on the street, Jared is not Ivanka's kid's father. Turns out it's Donald J. Trump, her father. Gross. <laughs> and I tweeted that, <laughs> motherfucker. And then I, I tweeted one that said, then I thought this would get me taken down. I said, I just quoted, I just tweeted a hashtag. <laughs> and it said, hashtag Twitter is in the shitter. And nobody did anything about that. And then I posted one today that said, you know, Donald Trump and Putin having all these private meetings. I didn't notice the sexual tension between these guys. I wonder who's on top. <laughs> now I don't. Maybe I didn't write it that way, but I, I try to couch it so I'm not being, um, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, insulting transgendered people or anything like that. But I want to make it so annoying to Republicans and Elon Musk just to see what they fucking do. Of course, I don't have that many followers right now, so I'm not making much of an impact. But I'm thinking. I'll put up some crazy shit, and eventually the Trump fucks will catch on, and they'll make me go viral, and they'll try to take me down. And I'm all for that. Take me fucking down. Well, there's there's a few people that I kind of uh, uh, follow, and I don't exact <clears throat> I don't follow them because I don't want to give them uh, any uh, credibility. But I right. watch for them, and for some reason they show up on my feed, maybe because I react to them once in a while. One of them is Rona, what's her name, the head of the RNC. Rona McDaniel, uh, who's McDaniel. also Mitt Romney's niece. Yeah, because she's she's always putting tweeting this really, really just out there garbage, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I pretty much uh, beat up on her a lot. Uh, uh, Bobert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, um, uh, what's the guy, DeSosa, the, the guy who makes the, the trashy documentaries like 2000 Mules and that kind of thing. He's supposed to be in prison, but, uh, Trump gave him a pardon. Dinesh D'Souza. Um, this, yeah, him. Uh, go after him a lot. Uh, Ron Johnson, um, Jim Jordan. I, I hammer all these people pretty good on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, I occasionally I get the warning. Uh, most Twitter followers don't use this sort of language. Uh, and, and I've seen it, you know, everywhere all day. And yet, but I'm getting this warning. So, you know, usually I'll use, uh, I'll, I'll change the word and stick in a couple of, um, asterisks in place of a, the strategic letters or something, and then it goes through. But yesterday I just called a guy an asshole, just straight up. And then it gave me that warning and I hit it anyway. No repercussions, nothing, no. you know. Uh, Tom Cotton, uh, uh, reported me one time about something and I got three days, you know, suspension from, because of him. Um, I, I took that as a real badge of honor. Oh, <laughs> pissing off Tom clear. Cotton! I wish I could do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll try that. So you're you're doing this by going on their accounts and tweeting on their accounts. Yeah, that that's how you're getting the notes. Well, I guess I need no. I I now know what I need to do. I need to go after these yeah. fucks and make fun of them. 
Yeah, that's all you can do, and that's my game. I, I want to make them look as ridiculous as they are, and uh, it's it's really not hard. I mean, they're the the seven um, House members who uh, who asked for a pardon. I get all of them too. Anytime they put anything up, I just go in and and counter what they say, and then say, "Good luck in prison." You know, <laughs> uh, that, that's always my uh, that's always my sign off there. Because I really hope that they are going. I got to believe that the things that are going on and once things change in the midterms, they have no choice but to indict, prosecute, and imprison. I mean, these sitting members of Congress, the likes of Ginny Thomas, they don't have the protection of a former president. They don't uh, pose as many problems as a former president. So there is no reason for them not to be convicted and not to do some time. There's got to be accountability. Otherwise, this shit will run rampant for decades in the future. Oh, by the way, I just got a notice here that all the dog food companies are gouging, too. I knew that because my my uh, uh, my dog's food went from eleven ninety nine for a a package to fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. So there's there's no way the crap they put in dog food suddenly went up in price that much sorry it's gouging they're all gouging you know protest it they're gouging you they don't need that money they're just sucking it in well and i think after (coughs) excuse me the midterms we're going to see a change in that too we're going to see people um having to address that issue because they're going to get called out especially if the democrats win the midterms they're going to be taken to task and there's going to be no help from the Republicans and they're either going to have to bring it down or suffer the consequences. So uh, they're gouging now in order to impact the election and just because of their greed, but that will come to an end too. Well, I want to see an across the board windfall profits tax. Absolutely. And that tax, I don't want to just go into the general coffers. I want it back in check form to every American Absolutely. Uh, a set amount, you know, take out back every penny if you can uh, above the reasonable profit, you know, whatever their profit margin was before. And that's easy to sustain. I mean, that's easily easy to discern what it was. Anything above that. Wipe it out. Take it back. Absolutely. All right. We're about at that time. Uh, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed, thanks for coming in. I appreciate Always it. Fun. You'll probably, well, you're going to, were you thinking Friday again? Come back? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. We'll see how that works out. Uh, for those of you listening, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do that. I hope you have a great day. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, if not sooner. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.